Well, good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Osho Brad, and I'm one of the priests with the Dragonfly Sangha. Uh, and I wanted to continue our series tonight that uh, Osho Mike and I have been um, discussing in these Dharma talks around the Eight Worldly Winds. Uh, of course, the Eight Worldly Winds being outlined in the, the uh, Lokavipati Sutra around things the Buddha warned us would hook us. Um, and the winds are, are in four pairs uh, of things that we conventionally see as being positive and negative. So we have gain and loss, status and disgrace, praise and blame, and pleasure and pain. Uh, and tonight I'm going to talk about the third pair, which is praise and blame. Uh, and then Mike will, will finish our series by talking about pleasure and pain uh, in his next talk. So the, the thing about the winds of praise and blame is that they, they're very closely tied to how other people view us. Um, on the positive side, you know, when people are giving us praise, our social media posts are getting lots of likes, we feel like winners, that can all feel very validating right? Really feeds into our uh, ego selves, right? But on the other side of that, the, the negative side um, of blame, the wind of blame, you know, that's when people are accusing us that we've done some kind of wrong, whether we actually did or we didn't. Um, we feel like we're the scapegoat and it feels really gross, right? And here's one of the things I want to say up front. And, and as I was, was preparing for this talk, I came across... Um, Someone had written that the the worldly winds is appropriate that they used a meteorological term like wind, because <coughs> pardon me, we can't help the wind. We can't help the weather at all, right? We can't change the weather. We can only change what we do in response to the weather, right? We can't make it stop raining, but we can bring an umbrella or a raincoat with us. Um, and the nefarious thing when it comes to praise and blame is it feels like we have even less control <laughs> over those, right? When it when it's largely in other people's hands to give us that praise that maybe we think we deserve, uh, or maybe we feel guilty because we don't deserve that praise, uh, or, or that blame that we're like, I didn't do anything, or yeah, I did, that was my fault, and then we kind of wallow in that. And some of the things that we try to do in response to these wins, this you know, meteorological phenomena or spiritual phenomena of wind um, is we try to manage our reputation, right? We're like, okay, I want to live my life in a way that I get lots of praise and I limit the amount of blame that I get, right? So we, like I said, we manage our reputation. We're, you know, at work, maybe we're working long hours. We're always saying yes to projects so that people will like working with us and that they like us. Um, you know, on social media, we're, we're taking 50 pictures to get that one photo that looks just right that we know that everyone's going to like, and we're going to use it for five years, 10 years from now. We don't look like that anymore. Um, we use filters to smooth out our skin and make ourselves look more attractive, right? But like I said, sometimes this is just straight up out of our hands. Um, one of three stories I, I want to tell tonight. Um, the the first story relates to, you know, being in a work situation. 
Um, and I've always prided myself on being a, a good worker, you know, and taking on uh, uh, that additional work, doing my best, things like that. But I, I remember there was a time earlier in my career where I was working for a small company. And so I wore a lot of different hats, so to speak, and had a lot of work that I was responsible for. And I fell into the trap a little bit of working on things that were enjoyable to me and not necessarily the most important things. So my manager said to me like, hey, I need you to say no to this work so that you can focus on this work over here um, and tell, tell people I said you could say no. Um, <clears throat> and so I did. And when people would come to me and say, hey, could you do this? I'd say, I'm, I can't. No, I, I, I've been told I'm not supposed to work on that. And so, unbeknownst to me, I started to develop this reputation that, like, boy, Brad's really <laughs> disagreeable now. He's not saying yes to all of this work. And I thought everything was fine. And then one day, um, you know, the, the, it was actually the, the, the CEO of the company was, was in town. And it was a small company again, so it was not like the executive came and I had never seen this person before. But he said, hey, Brad, like, you know, could, could you come with me? Why don't I have a, a, a quick meeting with you? I was like, sure. So I go into one of our conference rooms and there's all my peers from the office. And essentially it was almost like an intervention where they were like, we just want to make sure everything's okay. You, you've been turning down a lot of work lately. And I was so thrown off. I was like, I'm fine. <laughs> you know, I, I was told to turn down this work in favor of this work. And all of that is to say that even when we think we're doing the right thing, the praise and the blame and other people's impressions of us can really be out of our hands, right? Um, so something to remember that try as we might, we're, we're, it's really hard, and I would say impossible, to, to stay ahead of that praise-blame game and have things wind up in our favor. And another thing is, you know, we may get stuck in our minds around times in our life where things were going our way, where we got a lot of that praise. Maybe there was a time in our life where we won some kind of a competition and it was a real high, or we won some kind of an award. So, so we, we had some external recognition that was really nice and we really appreciated that. Or a milestone birthday or anniversary. You know, there's a big party. It felt really good because we hit the big 3025, 4013, you know, what have you. Big, a big milestone age, right? 21, 50. And we're like, oh, that was great. Like, I, I really, I, I hope that happens again. Maybe for my 51st, you know, we can do that again. <laughs> Something like that. Um, or just a time in your life where, where you kind of felt like you were on top. Everyone was congratulating you. Um... And I, you know, and, and then that changes and it feels bad. The, the praise goes away. It's no longer that big, important birthday where, you know, everyone stopped celebrating that big win or that championship. The award starts to gather dust on the shelf a little bit. It's not as important to other people. Um, and a, a story I want to share here is, you know, a little bit later in my career, I was working as a as a graphic designer, and I was very fortunate that um, the the work that I was doing was recognized. I got a chance to work on some really big projects, and it was great. You know, we even had these these uh, uh, sort of you know peer to peer rewards that we can give 
at this company. And I would get all sorts of those rewards. I was like, this is great. You know, like all these people recognizing my work and I'm doing something that I really enjoy. So, you know, win-win. And then, you know, as, as one of my managers was always would always say, like, the reward for good work is more work. <laughs> so I was promoted into, a, which was great, but into a role where I just did not have a lot of experience. And it was a ton of learning. And now I had, I was leading people. And so I needed to, you know, learn to work through them and not just, you know, get all of the, the, the praise myself, but still, you know, be accountable for that in a certain regard, right? As, as you are when you lead people. And boy, what a change. Um, because suddenly where there was all this praise and, and I felt like I could do no wrong, now it was, well, I'm on the hook for this thing. Why didn't this go the way it was supposed to? And, and what are you going to do with this? And have you thought about this yet? And boy, it really threw me for the loop. And it had me missing that old job where everything was going so well and it was nothing but praise and recognition and it, and it felt great. But I also recognized, for what it's worth, that I learned a lot more um, from that tough time than I did from the good time. That's, I think, a, a sort of a, maybe a parallel lesson. <laughs> but it can be hard to let go of when we're feeling that things are really well, going really well. And we may even look back in the past and be like, boy, I wish I could go back there. But we know we can't do that. Because we know that time marches on, right? And that those, even our greatest moments are impermanent. And the feelings that come with those great moments are impermanent. One other thing that I wanted to touch on briefly uh, while talking about praise and blame is, you know, we may not always be able to control the praise that we get. Maybe we don't feel like we're being recognized enough. Or maybe we're doing all this work and we're like, boy, if I don't, if I don't continue at this pace, the praise is going to go away and that's going to feel really, really gross to me. So I got to keep going, going, going. But on the blame side, you know, like I said, that also can kind of come without us really earning it. But one thing I do want to say, because there is a, a, a moral uh, aspect to our practice, you know, in as much as blame can come from the result of thoughtlessness or selfishness, we should ensure that we're doing our best to live mindfully, right? Um, you know, a few months ago, we offered some talks on the Eightfold Path, and certainly there's ethical uh, aspects of the Eightfold Path as well, specifically around livelihood, speech, and action. And so, just a reminder, as it does come to blame, you know, there can be an aspect of blame that can point out to us like, hey, maybe that wasn't a very nice thing to say, or maybe I shouldn't have done that, or maybe the work that I'm doing is having a negative impact, and we should be aware of that. <coughs> Pardon me. Because we recognize that we don't work in isolation. We don't live in isolation, right? Everything is connected. Everything that we do impacts something else out there. So in as much as blame may come from acting unwisely, we should be mindful of that. And we should strive to um, live in a way, not necessarily to earn blame or earn praise, um, or strictly to avoid blame, but to recognize like, hey, 
if blame is coming our way, don't just brush it off me like, oh, this is transient. I don't need to worry about this. But, you know, am I am I living in a way that is wholesome and um, kind? And I, am I intending harm? And if I'm intending harm, then why am I intending harm? And what can I do to to change that? But to kind of, you know, uh, uh, reiterate <coughs> the fickleness of these winds of praise and blame, we, we can't control what people think of us. We can do our absolute best. We can try to never do wrong in the eyes of other people. Um, but everyone's going to have their own version of us in their heads. I heard that, that uh, someone say that one time. Like, everyone has their own version of you. You know, I, I may think Brad is A, B, and C, but, you know, friends I've had for a long time may be like, well, Brad is kind of D, E, F as well. And people I run into very briefly, you know, maybe on a weekly or monthly basis, be like, well, Brad is more of a, of an, of an R or a P or a Q, <laughs> you know, everyone has a different version of themselves and you can't control that, right? No matter how much attention you may give to your reputation and things like that, you certainly can't control what others think of you. Um, and that's okay. People will form their own opinions, and you can't always do anything to change that. Um, the, the last story I wanted to tell uh, as it pertains to the winds of praise and blame, going a little further back in time, when I was uh, uh, in college um, studying for my bachelor's, I was in the religion and philosophy department, which I guess maybe shouldn't be a surprise as, as, as a priest. But uh, I actually, when I started my undergrad, I started as a pre-ministerial student in the United Methodist Church. Clearly that <laughs> didn't take. <laughs> Things changed. Um, and, and you know, I my spiritual path kind of took a turn and, and I started to uh, study, the, study the Dharma and the teachings of the Buddha. But there was, you know, it was a small religion and philosophy department. There was a, a, a rather vocal atheist in that, in, in our department. Um, and I didn't really have many classes with this person. I didn't really interact with them all that much. But I remember I was having a conversation with a friend of mine one day. And they said, oh, yeah, you know, this guy, this, this person in the department, he really doesn't like you. <laughs> I'm like, why doesn't he like me? I don't, I never talk to him. I don't really have any classes with him or anything like that. She's like, I don't know. He just really doesn't. He just really says some awful things about you. And it, and it kind of made me upset because I felt like I didn't deserve that, right? I hadn't really done anything to earn that kind of, uh, uh, you know, his bad opinion of me, right? And I, I say that because, again, we, we can't always control what people think. We may think that we're, be, we're perfectly benign or we're very polite. But, you know, in, in the same way that we don't know what other people are going through or what their perspective is, we certainly can't control what people think of us, right? But that doesn't mean that it's easy right? Certainly there will come times where these winds of praise and blame really buffet us and blow us around. And in our practice and in our teachings, one of the things that we know can sometimes get in our heads is this notion of perfection, 
right? We feel life is either perfect or it's not. It's either the way we want it to be or it's not. It's either good or it's bad, black and white, either or, right? It's very easy to fall into that, that mindset where we feel like things are all one thing or the other, right? Uh, life is great, everyone's on my side, I'm getting lots of praise, or everyone's against me. The world is conspiring against me, right? And from the perspective of perfection, where life has to be in this house of cards, you know, perfect glass, you know, don't move too, too hard or it might fall down kind of life, then yes, life becomes very much about trying to manage all of those aspects of praise and blame and, and all your relationships and everything like that. Because change, any kind of change, threatens the <coughs> that tenuous balance of perfection in your life. But there's an alternative in our practice. And that alternative to perfection is wholeness. And where perfection is either or, wholeness is both and. Where we integrate everything that happens to us. The good, the bad, and the ugly, as, as Sensei Tony says in, in his book, Free Your Mind, when talking about the, the model of perfection versus wholeness. And change from the perspective of wholeness is not the enemy, but it's an opportunity, right? We see when something comes our way and, and we, we change from praise to blame, or we change from blame to praise, that that's an opportunity. Well, what does that mean for us? What can we do with that? And like I said, whether we're feeling like maybe everything is going our way or there's some kind of conspiracy against us, you know, what we don't want to have is this sense of, oh, everything is fine, you know, rose-colored glasses, all optimistic, or, oh, you know, woe is me, everything is, you know, the Eeyore kind of from Winnie the Pooh complex where we're always pessimistic all the time. And another thing that, that, uh, Sensei Tony includes in his book, Free Your Mind, when talking about this model, is that, you know, if you, you think about the whole optimist-pessimist uh, metaphor of the, the glass halfway filled with water, the optimist will say, oh, it's, it's half full. The pessimist may say, oh, it's half empty, right? Because they're always thinking one way or the other. We, in our practice, and from a perspective of wholeness and integration, say, it's just a glass of water, right? We decide if the universe is for us or against us. We decide if we're going to go forth and, and create new things and continue to do and integrate everything that happens to us or say, I'm only going to take in the good things because life has to be this way. Or I'm only going to focus on the bad things because that makes me a victim and, and I, I feel comfortable in that victim space that I can lash out and it justifies my anger. We make that decision around whether the universe is for us or against us. Because we have the opportunity to change what's happening in here, right? Even if we don't have the opportunity to change what's happening out there. And from that perspective of, of wholeness, we can live with a sense of equanimity. Because we're able to integrate everything. When something bad happens to us, we can integrate that and be like, that happened. When something good happens to us. It's not to say that we can't be sad or celebrate when something good happens to us. Um, we just say, 
this also happened to us, right? But life becomes an opportunity to create, right? And to build and to take action. And by remaining oriented to our true self, that self that, uh, as I mentioned in our last talk, and, and probably most talks that I've, I've given, our Buddha nature, right? Nothing, no amount of praise or no amount of blame or when things are going well or things aren't going well can impact our intrinsic value. We're always a 10 out of 10. Praise can't make us more than that. Blame can't chip away at that at all. We are always whole because we integrate everything in our practice. So I, I hope that you found these words to be helpful. Um, if this is something that you would like to talk to us more about, maybe you find, boy, you know what, if I'm not getting praise, I really don't know what to do with myself. Or I just feel like whenever I get blame, it completely makes me spin out of control. And you're seeking more equanimity. I would invite you to reach out to us. Uh, so we'd be happy to talk to you and share with you some of these practices. Uh, but I hope that you all have a great week and that whatever comes your way, you're able to integrate it and understand that it can't make you any less than you are. That you are whole. So thank you for, for listening and uh, until we see each other again.